Across this land there rings a cry from broken hearts and tear-filled eyes waiting for someone to come back home. It matters not who was to blame. There's just one way to remove the pain. Can't you hear their love now calling you? Brother Moon, you can come on up. I'm sorry. I should have got you up here a little earlier already. You can make your way up here. Again, Brother Moon's going to be preaching as soon as we're done with this song. But, boy, I tell you what, uh, Brother Moon's the real deal. It doesn't matter whether you're in church or at a restaurant or wherever you're at. Brother Moon is the same. Boy, I tell you what, he's, uh, I think while he's been here this week, he's already led three people to Christ. And, I mean, he's just, he's got like his soul radar on all the time. And I mean to tell you, he is. He's on the watch, and he's got his eyes open and his heart tender. And boy, I'll tell you what, I appreciate that about him. Uh, just his soul-winning zeal and his desire to reach people with the gospel. What he's preaching is something he lives. And that makes a difference, doesn't it? Well, we're going to hear from him in just a moment. But before we do, we're going to do a song called The Sun is Coming Up. One. 
Once again I face Satan this morning and I battled him all the day long but in my weakness God sent reinforcements and at sundown I sang victory song and the sun's coming up in the morning, every tear will be gone from mine eyes. This old clay's gonna give way to glory, and like an eagle, I'll take to the sky. In a world filled with doubts and confusion It's so hard when you don't understand But I'm standing on a solid foundation And I hold to an unchanging hand And the sun's coming up in the morning, every tear will be gone from mine eyes. This old clay's gonna give way to glory, and like an eagle, I'll take to the sky. And the sun's coming up in the morning, every tear. Well, amen. Good to be here. I appreciate so much you being here. And uh, the day I asked him if he'd rather be here than in hell. And Brad reminded me, I didn't ask him if he'd rather be here than in jail. And uh, so I guess I need to ask him if he'd rather be here than in jail. All right, Brother David would rather be in jail because he works out there. <laughs> Plus, they get that here. They give three square meals a day. And uh, he was cantankerous. His wife said, if you get two, you'll be doing good, Dave. So praise God you're getting two. <clears throat> I'll stop there. And, uh, <laughs> but anyway, it is good to see you here tonight. And I just want to say thank you for all the kind expressions and the words and so forth. I, I told Pastor today, earlier, uh, I just, uh, it's a highlight for me to come and be a part of your services, to be here and to preach. It's an honor. And I don't take that lightly. I don't take lightly stand behind uh, another man's uh, pulpit anytime because I know it's not my pulpit, it's his. And I want to be careful what I say and how I say it and so forth. But I'm honored. Thank you, Pastor, for the privilege of being here, for allowing me to come. And uh, I appreciate that. And, folks, thank you so much for being here, for showing up for the services and uh, all your kind expressions, all the goodies and everything else. I am so grateful. I really am. Thank you so much. And I appreciate it so much. Gabby Bibles, please turn. I was torn today. Turn to Matthew chapter 22. I was torn today between two messages. One I just outlined this week. And another one that I've preached, I think, one other time at Brother Lonnie's church. 
the gentleman's going to be here for your uh, Lonnie Magley's church. I preached it there. And, uh, <clears throat> but um, I, so I, I believe uh, I've settled my heart and God's settled me on the, this one. And if it's not the one, when I get on, I'll just preach the other one. Amen. I was a little, I was, what's that? All right, good. You're the only one to be here, though. It'd be me and you. <laughs> I was talking to uh, uh, Brother Dave Knopfsring, who's a friend of mine, and he was kidding about it, but he, he wasn't kidding. He said that. I said, what time we get out? And he told me. He said, but Brother Moon, you can stay as long as you want. There won't be nobody here. The people and myself will be gone. You can just preach as long as you want to. He said he got that from, uh, from another gentleman that was well-known, and he told him, the guy asked, well, what time you get out, preacher? And he said, he gave him a time, and he said, uh, we normally get out that time. And he said, well, what if I go over? He said, well, don't worry about it. You just be here by yourself. Just preach as long as you want. So it'd be you and I, and uh, you probably need it, and I probably need it. So it'd be all right, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said you need it. I need it. All right, anyway. Well, I was a little bit concerned, though, because when pastor said this is Brother Moon's last service, uh, Brother Green said, Amen. And uh, he was tired. He's getting over it, man. I got, he can't handle no more. And uh, don't blame you. I, my wife feels the same way. That's why I'm here by myself. And uh, <laughs> No, that's not why I'm here by myself. Oh, she's with the grandkids having a ball, I guess. Uh, Monday, Monday she went and did some stuff. And then Tuesday she took one of them out of school. And they spent all day together and went and did a bunch of stuff. And ate lunch and, and uh, shopping and everything else. And uh, I'll be broke when she gets home. And, uh, and then the next the day, she took out another one, and uh, the, the oldest daughter, daughter, granddaughter. And then tomorrow, she's taking out the grandson, one of the grandsons. And then Friday, she's going out on a, uh, on a trip with them. And so I said, good night. You're down there just partying, having a good time. But anyway, but I'm partying, having a good time too. Say amen. And it's fun serving Jesus. Amen. It's just fun serving Jesus. And it's a joy. In the book of Matthew, chapter 22, if you'd stand with me, please. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 34. Jesus has just addressed the Sadducees and about this thing of uh, if a guy uh, was, uh, when we die, and if a fellow had uh, uh, this brother married a woman and he took a wife, and then he died, and then, and, and then the second one took her, and then he died all the way through seven. I'd say, if I bought that third one, I'd be saying, I'm not sure. I want this woman. She's already killed two of my brothers. And, uh, but I don't know. It's just still in the Bible. I just, I just thought that was funny. But anyway, I, he's teaching a principle here. And he said, uh, all the way through the seventh. And then, uh, then the woman died. And they said to him, uh, in the resurrection, whose wife she be? And the Lord kind of grabbed a hold of it and ripped their face off and said, Do you err not knowing the Scriptures and the power thereof? Well, that would be a slap in the face. Here they were supposed to know the Scriptures. And he just said, You don't know the Scriptures or the power of God. Well, we knew they didn't know the power of God, but they taught the new scriptures. He just ripped their face off. And then he goes from there to, and they were astonished at his doctrine, verse 33. And then verse 34, it says, And when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, and boy, did he put them to silence, they were gathered together. And one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempted him, saying, Master, which is a great commandment in the law? So he went from the fact that they just, uh, the Sadducees had just got their face ripped off uh, and, and he'd put them to silence, you'd think the, the Pharisees would have learned, wouldn't you? He'd just said, I, I, not, not me. They just got their face ripped. I don't want to get mine ripped off too. But they were pretty bold, and so they did. And they said, so one of them being a lawyer said, now, Master, I can hear him saying, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. 
And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now let's pray. Father, would you take the thoughts tonight and use them to bring honor and glory to your name? I sure need you, and I ask you to bless. Please, Holy Spirit, uh, please control my mind, control my heart, control my tongue. Set a watch for my mouth. Keep the doors of my lips and only say what's pleasing to you. Bless these folks, Father, please. Please bless them tonight. Give them what they need and give me what I need. And, Father, without you, we can do nothing. So please show up. May your Holy Spirit speak through us and to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. When I was a, a young man, back when Noah came over, uh, I was in high school, and I was going in my senior year, and school was starting, and, and right, as it, right before it started, a couple of days before it started, uh, my dad went in the hospital with heart issues. He'd had heart issues for a while, and he went into the hospital with heart issues, and, and uh, he was there in the hospital, and, uh, and the hospital is in. In those days, that was uh, many years ago, they didn't really have a uh, a unit that they had for just for the heart victims or heart heart attack people, and so he was in a in a unit there, and and they did have uh, you know an, and some of you remember this the old auction tent they'd put over him, uh, you know they put an auction tent over. Him. He had one of those over him and stuff, and we used to stand there with him. And my mother and one of my brother-in-laws had stayed all night, and my sister that's my brother-in-law's one of my brother-in-laws the one that had stayed there with him. Uh, they went home on Saturday night. It was Sunday morning, and my sister Carolyn and myself stayed. We, we went up there, and we were with him, and the doctor came in and, and pulled the, back the uh, auction tent, and Daddy was making a lot of noises and gasping for, uh, for air. And, and uh, they made us leave the room, and I said to my sister, what's going on? And she said, Dad's having a heart attack. Daddy's having a heart attack. And, and needless to say, they came out and said, we haven't been able to do anything yet. And a few minutes, they came out and said, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. And and I was devastated by it, and uh, as you would think, and uh, you know, uh, it was a, it was just a traumatic time in my life. You know, losing your dad like at seventeen is like it blew my mind. You know, blew me away. And immediately after I went back to school, I started dating Sheila. Probably I had a big old hole in my heart, and she filled that heart, that hole. And probably I fell in love with her quicker than I sh- should have, probably. And uh, but I did. And that's water on the bridge now. But, uh, uh, but anyway, I mean, I didn't just get Twitter-pated. I, I was overboard. You know what I mean, Cody? Just over-Twitter-pated. You may not be Twitter-pated, but I was. I had, a, I had one of the worst cases you've ever seen. And Thumper didn't have nothing on me. If I'd have been Thumper, I'd have been using both back legs instead of just one doing that. I'd have been using both of them. But, you know, I, I fell in love. And, and, and as I fell in love, which, again, I probably should have too quick to fill out void in my life, you know, just things began to change in my life. It really did. Not just because I lost dad, my daddy, but man, uh, man, it just, uh, I, I couldn't wait to be around her. I couldn't wait to spend time with her. If I knew she wanted something and I could get it, I got it for her. Uh, man, I didn't want to say anything, uh, brother Keith, that she didn't want me to say. And man, if she wanted me to go somewhere, I want to go. I even, if she wanted me to dress a certain way, I did. I dressed that way. Never get the time I wore a dress to school. All right, I didn't wear no dress to school. I just want to see if you're listening, all right? But, uh, I mean, you know, if she said, hey, I'm going to wear a certain color. Do you have a, you know, whatever, you know, you dress alike. You know how it is. And uh, some of you back in the old days, back in the Stone Ages. Uh, and, and so, you know, I mean, it just, any, everything changed. 
because I was falling in love with her. I had my heart, I was smitten, man. I was just smitten. And I wanted to please her. I wanted to be around her. I counted down the time we were apart till we was going to be back together again. And, and so what? And I, I, just, I, had, I just had a bad case of it. Now, here's the good part. I haven't gotten over it yet. I'm going to say it again for some of you old, old fuddy-duds. I haven't gotten over it yet, all right? And now let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to get over it. I said it here that night for the Spanish's benefit. They were amazed at my grammar, the way I can use the, the Spanish, how I can speak Spanish, like gracias and si and, and el mucho smucho. They were amazed at that, all right? Just amazed. I, look at them. They're sitting in amazement now at how, how, much, how much I can use the, that language, how fluid I am in it. I've added another language. I used to be trilingual. Now I'm, what's four? If you've got f- no four languages, what is it? Quad? Yeah, quadlingual. In other words, a whole bunch of languages. I mean, I speak hick. I speak southern. I mean, I speak Tennessean. And, and I mean, I know all kinds of languages. I'm, I'm just, they, they just flow. I'm working on English, but y'all pray for me about that one. But, man, oh, man, oh, man, I, I got, uh, man, I, I love the El Mucho Smucho game then, uh, and, and I even love it now, more now, I think. And, uh, but, boy, you know, you just fall in love. And, it, and, and your love, I notice this, too. As you get older, you younger folks want to understand this, your love grows in a different way. I mean, I mean, you begin to think like they think sometimes. That's hard to amaze it. Uh, Sheila haven't, hasn't accomplished that yet because I think so weirdly. That so she's having a hard time thinking like I do. But I think, I know, I know what she's going to say a lot of times. I just, we've been together and I love her so much and we've been together. I just, I know what she's going to say. I, you know, I may say, well, what do you think about it? I already know what she thinks. That's why I didn't do it. <laughs> Whatever it was, I knew what she's going to say. You're really not going to do that, are you? But uh, anyway, I knew what she thinks. So last night when I told that story about the rats, I told her about it, and she said, you didn't tell that story. No, you didn't. I said, yeah, I did too. But notice she wasn't here when I told it. I'm not as dumb as I look, all right? But anyway, um, but you know, you just fall in love with somebody, and you love them. Man, you just love them, and it's, and, and it's such a deep, abiding love that you want to do what they want you to do, and you want to be with them, and you want to spend time with them. It's just, that's the way it is. When they're gone, you miss them so much if they're gone. I've known people that, where the husband died and the wife was left, or the vice versa, especially where the wife died and the husband left, it wasn't long until he died. He just couldn't do it without her. I'm thinking about a man, a gentleman that used to be at Shawnee. He was a deacon for a long time. And, uh, and his wife died back in the late, uh, late 80s, early 90s. His wife died. He still wears his wedding ring. He's never gotten over that his wife died. He still, and when he talks about her, he literally cries when he talks about her. Brother Rose had just died last year. I had the privilege of preaching his funeral. He was 95 years old. Brother Rose was, you remember Brother Rose? And old Brother Rose, he, he, I would go see him at the a facility where he stayed. He couldn't always come to church. And we'd start talking, and he'd start talking about his wife and how much he missed her and he loved her. And, and, and he, she's been dead for eight, nine years. And tears would just roll down his face while he was talking about how much he missed his wife and how much he loved her. And I was so impressed. I said, Lord, I want to love my wife like that. And I'd pray, dear God, uh, the Bible says, love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Help me to love my wife like that. Like Brother Rose loves his wife. I I want to be like that. I want to love her like that. I love it when I'm around my grandchildren and and the grandchildren tell me, you know, the ones, all of them but one can talk and he can talk a little bit now. 
but uh, he didn't have to talk. Everybody did it for him. But the other ones, they had to do it for themselves. And, you know, and, 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 they'll, and they say, they'll, they'll say, Papa, I love you. They call me Papa. Papa, I love you. And here that day, uh, one of them called me little Bree, my old, youngest, uh, Stephen, my youngest son's little girl. She'll be four in, in just about a month, a little over a month. And she's called, here that day, she called me and said, I just want to call you, Papa, and tell you I love you. And I, and I didn't say, hey, quit wasting my time telling me that. No, you know better than that. I was like, uh, could you say that again? And to their parents, I say, hey, let her call me anytime she wants to call me. Because I love to hear I love you. Come on, grandkids. Oh, it's special. It is special. Well, in this passage, God talks about love. And Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, let me tell you what. And, and, and you know, a lot of times you think about the commandments and they're like, okay, let's just see which one. They were trying to stomp him. You know, they, they, were, they were, to be brilliant, they were dumb as a concrete block, okay? I mean, you think they've been smart enough that the Sadducees, Pharisees would have said, they just, he just slam dunked the Sadducees and put them to silence. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and not say anything. But no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Well, they failed, but watch this. We got him. After all, it was a lawyer. Any lawyers in the room? All right, any lawyers? One? Just One? Okay, I won't run him off and say that anyway. You know what they say? One guy said, uh, said uh, the guy was asked him about his sons. He said, well, what are you? He said he had several sons. He said, well, what's your son do? He said, well, one of them is a preacher. He's a crook. One's a lawyer. He's a crook. And he went on down to see. I, you know, so at least you're in good company, brother. You're with the rest of us crooks, all right? And, uh, but, you know... <laughs> Uh, you know, this lawyer says, who's smart? I mean, the guy's got a doctorate in, in, in what's it called, a judicial doctorate? Am I saying it right? Jurist doctor. Jur- yeah, yeah, that one. Right, that one he said, right? <laughs> and, and so the guy's got a doctorate. The guy's not, I mean, the guy's putting a lot of time studying. And this lawyer says, now, let me just say this, Master. What is the greatest commandment in the law? I think it's interesting when Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. He repeats that over in the book of Mark when he says, when he says Thou shalt love him with all your heart, with all the mind, with all the soul, with all thy might, with all that strength, I mean. He, he adds strength in it there. So the strength, not just his mind, but with his, his heart and his soul and his mind, but with all of his strength. He said, This is the first. And the great commandment. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbors thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And I noticed that they didn't have much to say back. In fact, later on, you know, you see them, they're, they're kind of astonished at what he has to say. And they learned not to ask anymore in verse 46. And no man was able to answer him a word, neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. At least they finally learned their lesson. But don't you notice today, he said this, love the Lord thy God. Let me ask you a question. We've got to everyone stop sometime along the trail as we go through the Christian life and ask this question. Do I really love God? Or is this just a phase I'm going through? Is this something I've been taught and so I just kind of, I go. It's sort of like, you know, going to church, you get used to going and it's the habit you're in. So you go because it's a habit. And by the way, if that's the only reason you come, you ought to come anyway. Come because it's a habit. It's your duty. Come because it's your duty. But wouldn't it be better if you came because you really enjoyed coming when you got here? 
You were looking forward to something when you actually got here. So notice what he says. He says, the first thing I want you to see tonight is the, either the presentation or the instructions of this commandment. Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. I want you to notice this. This commandment, it was, a, it was personal. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Thou. He was talking that law, direct that lawyer, and that, that thou is in the singular person. It's a singular personal pronoun. It's personal. He was looking at him like I'd point to Cody, and he said, you love the Lord thy God with all your heart. That word thy is, in, is a possessive pronoun. So Jesus was talking directly to that lawyer. He said, you love the Lord thy God with all your heart. That's your commandment. That's the great commandment for you to do that. See, sometimes we take the Bible like it's an overview. And, you know, it, it applies, you know, sort of like a shotgun effect. Just shoot out there, maybe to hit something. But it, he was using the old rifle effect, pointing right at him, right at his heart, pulling the trigger. And when we read this, we've got to realize he's not talking to us to, as a collective group. He's talking to us as individuals. I'm talking to you. You love the Lord your God with all your heart. And so it's, it's very personal. Very personal. See, one of them, of course, the lawyer, is trying to tempt him. So he's saying, look, what's this great commandment? All right, you want to know what it is? You, sir. Sir, you. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart. Not only was it personal, it was preeminent. It was preeminent. Preeminent means above everything else. The highest, the best, whatever. Jesus is preeminent. In the book of, in the book of Colossians, we find out that Jesus was preeminent. He is the greatest of the great, the best of the best, the victors of the victors. <laughs> I won't go there, fellas, so you don't have to worry, all right? But uh, he, you can't get any higher. He's not the champion of love. He is love, all right? He didn't have to win any battles. That's for the two young men over here's benefit. They know who they are, all right? But he's preeminent. This is the first commandment. This is the greatest commandment. You can go no higher. And when he looked at that lawyer, <clears throat> he said to him, listen, I'm going to give you the greatest, the best, the first. This is the top of the top, the cream of the cream. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. You can't go any higher than that. It's preeminent. Mark 12, 30 and 31, he says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all the heart, with all the soul, with all the mind, with all the strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like in the name, this, thou shalt love the name of yourself. There's none other commandment greater than these. There's no, there's no other commandment in the Bible, he said. Nothing's greater than these. Well, now, folks, if this is the greatest commandment, we ought to be obeying it, don't you think? And so somewhere down the trail, we've got to stop and say, Am I obeying this commandment? Do I really obey what this commandment says? Do I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my soul? Do I really? So don't you notice? Not only is it personal, personally does. Is it preeminent, but it's also prioritized. God put a priority on it. God gave a list of how he wanted us to do it. Here's what God said to that lawyer. Here's the list he gave him. He said, here's how I want you to love me. I want you to love me with all, my, all thy heart. That's your feelings, your thoughts. 
your, your inner being, everything about you. I want you to love me with all your soul. That's your spirit. I want you to love me with all your mind. That's all your understanding. I want you to love me with all your strength. That's your ability, your might, your power. Now, when we look at it from that perspective, that it's all of our heart, all of our thoughts, all of our feelings, all of our, our soul, all of our spirit, with our mind, all of our understanding, with our strength, all of our abilities, all of our mind, all of our power. That shows how important it is. He didn't say, love me if you get a chance. Now, we used to do this with the kids when they were little, and we did it with, that day with one of the grandkids. How much do you love me? I love you this much. No, Papa, you don't love me that much. Okay, then I love you this much. No, I don't love you that much. Okay, then I love you this much. No, Papa, you love me this much. God says, I don't want you to love me this much. I don't want you to love me this much. I don't want you to love me this much. I don't want you to love me this much. I want you to love me this much. I can't go any further back. This is all I got. And God says, how much do you have? I want you to love me with all your heart. Every bit of it. All of it. I don't want you to reserve part of it. I want it all. Won't you love me all your heart? With all your soul. Don't reserve it. All your soul. Won't you love me all your mind? Your mind. I mean, it's all your understanding. All your understanding. Won't you love me all your strength? All your ability. All your, all your uh, might. All your power. All of it. That's how much. So we see that this is a personal commandment. It's personal. It's to me and you, personally. God put it down the level where we'd understand it. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, teenagers. You to love the Lord thy God with, with, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. He's saying to the, to the, young, to the middle-aged folks, I want you to love me with, with, with all your heart and I want you to love me with all your mind and with all your soul and with all your strength. And he's saying to the older folks, like myself and some of you others, right? I want you to love me with, with all your heart. I want you to love me with, with, with all your soul. I want you to love me with all your mind. I want you to love me with all your strength. So he said, it's personal. It's preeminent. It's the very first. It's the top of the top. You can't get any higher. The wrong, highest wrong you can go. And he said, now here's where I'm going to prioritize it. Here's where I want you to do it. And then this commandment is the platform or the pillar. Notice what he said in verse 40. On these two commandments hang some of the law and the prophets. Did I quote it? Did I read it right? On these two commandments hang most of the law and the prophets. Did I read it wrong? No, he said this. I read it wrong both times. On these two commandments hang all the law. All the prophets. You go back through this Old Testament and you got the book of the law. God said, all those laws in those book of the law, all of them hang on these two. All of them. He said, you know, you get to the prophets and you say, you take, you take uh, Jeremiah and Ezekiel and, and you go all the way through all the prophets. And he said, 
on these hang. Those hang on these two. They're the platform that holds it all up. On these two hang all the law and prophet. Now, don't you notice, first of all, the fact of the instructions he gave. But don't you notice, second of all, don't you see the results of implementing or practicing this commandment? Love affects your belief and your attitude. Love will change, of God will change your whole actions and your whole attitude. It just does, your whole behavior. It changes everything. When Sheila and I, excuse me, got, when I fell in love with her, it changed. I changed. I wanted to have dates with her. I quit going to a lot of stuff I was doing with guys. We was going out to do something, I'd say, guys, I can't go. Why? Because I'm going out with Sheila. Sorry, buddy, I can't go. Not. Sheila and I, I got a date with Sheila. Oh, you're giving us up for her? You could say that. I'm not going to live with you the rest of my life, hopefully. I'm going to live with her the rest of my life if she'll marry me one day. I didn't tell him that. That's what I was thinking. What happened? It changed where I wanted to be and when I wanted to be there and what I was going to do when I got there. Do you get what I'm saying? It just changed me. May I say something nicely? And it won't come out nice, but I mean it nice. How many of you fellas have been married for a long time? You remember how what you did to get that woman? She's still the same woman. Amen. You'll do the same thing after you get her as you did to get her, and you won't lose her. Dr. Uh, Dr. Um, mine just went blank on who it was. Curtis Hudson said, if you'll, if you'll do after you get married what you did to get married, you won't ever get unmarried. And see, you used, to, you used to court her. You used to date her. You used to tell her how much you love her. You used to leave her a little note. You used to, now, well, we've been married for a while. What do you want me to do? You, you're like the guy that said, I told her one time I loved her. If I change my mind, I'll tell her. Well, sir, you're an idiot. You're like, you're like the guy that, you're like uh, uh, Jim Carrey when he's playing the Scrooge. On the one where he plays the Scrooge and he's inside the thing. And he goes, I'm an idiot. Uh, uh, I'm an idiot. And it was echoing. And when he got to that part, he goes, hello. And he goes, hello, hello, hello. And he goes, I'm an idiot. And he goes, you're an idiot. <laughs> Sir, you're an idiot. I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> Man, love that woman like you did when you got her. The Bible does say love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. By the way, your, his love for you has not waned one bit. His love for you is just as strong as it was the day he saved you. It hadn't, one, it hadn't gone down one iota. Why should yours go down if you're going to be the same way? Well, I've ripped now. I'll go back to the message. All right. That, that one's over. All right. You can get mad at me later. All right. <clears throat> You'll have to pick numbers anyway because I'm not sure if this one's going to make you, that one's going to make you mad or something I'm going to say later. So just hang on. All right. But love affects your attitude, what you believe. It affects your actions, how you behave. If you love me, Keep my commandments, he said. He that hath my commandments <clears throat> and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Notice he said, he hath, that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loves me. If you love me, keep my commandments. When we go around disobeying God's word, we don't love God. Jesus answered unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and the Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. 
For this is the love of God that, you keep, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. So it changed his behavior when he fell in love. When I fell in love with Sheila, it changed my behavior. It will affect, your, affect you in a great way. It will affect your attitude. It will affect your behavior. It will cause you to keep his commandments. It will cause you to give. You ever notice when you really love somebody, you want to give them something? You want to give to them. You want to find a way to give. It may be your time you're giving them. It may be your talents. It may be your treasures. Man, when, when that comes to uh, the Mother's Day and, and anniversary, and by the way, guys, you ought to remember your, wife's, your and your wife's anniversary. That's, that's the first death. You young guys, that's the first death sentence, brother, when you forget those things like her birthday and that. You can forget your own birthday, but don't forget hers, all right? And don't forget the anniversary. And by the way, remember this. It's her anniversary that you're getting for. Don't worry about you. Just get her something. If there's enough money for one, you get it for her and say, Honey, forget me. I don't need anything. And you do that, and you'll be a lot better off, I promise you. For God so loved the world that he, fill in the blank, that he, for God so loved the world that he, for God so loved the world that he, love gives. Lust takes. Love gives. Can I say that again? Lust takes. Love gives. If you love me, you would allow me to. When a guy tells a girl that, girls, listen closely. All he's, t- all he's doing with the big, broad uh, uh, letters, he's saying, I lust you, I don't love you. If he loved you, he'd say, I'll wait. But if he lusts you, he says, I can't wait to have you. Oh, that'll ring a few bells. All right, anyway, let me move on. I like the parable of the Good Samaritan. This, going back to our lawyers. <laughs> you know, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, say, answering said, Thou shalt love thy, the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and, and thy neighbors yourself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this doing thou shalt live. But he, the lawyer, being willing to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds and pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these thinkest thou was the neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thy likewise. See, he prefaced it all by saying, if you really love me, Love the Lord thy God, he said in Luke. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with all thy strength and with all thy mind. You know, his love for somebody changed how he, was, how he treated them, how he behaved around them. 
So what does love do? When we love the Lord our God with all of our heart and implement that in, it changes our life. Let me say thirdly. The third thing is how to increase your love for God. Because we know we're supposed to. How to proliferate it. How to make it more. How to, how to, make it, how to increase it. See, here's the problem. I know I need to love him because God gave me the command. Now, how do I do it? And that's where the practicality comes. How do I get more love? You know, Jesus said, love your enemy and pray for him. How do I pray for my enemy? How do I love my enemy? I'd like to crack him over the head with the two before. I don't want to love him. Here's my love for you. Wacko! But yet God said, love him. God said, love your enemies. Do good to them. God said, love your wife, gentlemen, as I said earlier, like Christ loved the church. Well, sometimes she's not lovable. Well, love her anyway. It's like the guy that said, well, we're just not compatible. I said, well, just patter and keep on going, all right? You'll become patterable eventually if you just keep patting, all right? Some of the foolish excuses people give why they don't love their mate. It's unbelievable. Why don't you just say it? You just, you just, you're backslidden and you need to get right with God. Put it down where the rubber hits the road and just admit, I'm a reprobate, I'm a heathen, I need to get right with God. But that's not what we do. How do I increase it? Well, first of all, let me say this. You're not going to have a whole lot of love unless you're saved. You've got to start at the starting point. You need to be saved. You must know him to really love him. He said, he's, the Bible, he made it plainly, said, you have to, let me read it to you. Jesus said to him, if God, if, if God were your father, you would love me. How about that? If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came out myself, but he sent me. He said, you are the, fa- uh, you are the father, ye are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and bode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? And I say the truth. Why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not, because you're not of God. See, you're not going to love him, he said, unless you know me. So you've got to be saved. Number two, if I'm going to increase my love, I've got to get serious by investing myself. James, Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He didn't say where your heart will be, there will be your treasures. He said where your treasures be, there will your heart. You know why some of you don't love this church like you ought to? It's because you haven't invested enough in it. But when you've invested your life and your sweat and your blood in something, you love it. I'm going to say that again. I'll, maybe I'll get more amens. When you've invested your life, your treasures, your, your blood, your sweat, your tears, you love that. And the truth is, we don't love something because we haven't invested anything in it. I'll give you an illustration. If I had a lot of money and I had a lot of money in the stock market, you know what one of the first things I'd do every day? What would I do, lawyer? I'd check the stock market, wouldn't I? Because you know why? Because that's where my money's at. Amen, you bet you. You know how often, sir, I check the stock market now? Never. I know I... I hear them talking about it on the radio. I never check it. I don't have any money invested. I don't give a rip. I mean, I care because I don't want the stock market to go down because that'll affect me too. But I, I really, I don't check it because I don't, I don't have anything invested. I could care less. 
But the things I've got money invested in, I, I look at them and I check them because that's my hard-earned money. See, when you invest your life in something and you invest your time in it and you put your talents in it and you put your treasures in it and you put your life in it and you put your blood, sweat, and tears in it, all at once it becomes important to you. The Bible says in Luke 12, 34, for where your treasures are, where your heart be also. My oldest son, my oldest grandson, rather, played football at, at uh, Floyd Central, which is an account real close to where I live. And, uh, and you, know, you know his junior year, you know how many games I went to of home games? At one of them. I bought season tickets. I even went to a couple of the away games. His senior year, you know what I bought, Brad? Season tickets. I went to every home game. Now, I'll take that back. I missed one. I missed one because I was in the hospital. My heart messed up, and, and uh, uh, my defibrillator went off, and I had to go to the hospital that afternoon. And so it, it was senior night, too, by the way, and he was a senior. So they, they, you know what they did? They set it up and had cameras and stuff, and they, I, I watched it. I watched uh, the thing in my bed on my iPad. I sat and watched the senior night presentation and so forth. Why did I do that? Because that's my grandson, that's why. And I love him. I got a lot invested. Man, I went to every game. I bought season tickets. They, they sold T-shirts. I bought a T-shirt. They sold sweatshirts. I bought a sweatshirt. I mean, I got involved. I went to it. Man, I was there. I was there early. The guys over there tailgating, drinking beer. I was over with them, drinking beer and tailgating. Man, I, just, I was in it, man. All right, no, I don't drink beer, and I didn't tailgate. But I showed up at the game, and I got there early, and I got in, and I got me a good seat, and I was in the general admission. I didn't, have the, I didn't take it that next step and buy the, you know, the, you know, the real fancy seat. I didn't want to spend that much money. He wasn't worth that much. Good night. <laughs> no. But, my, yeah, and I, went, I was at every game, man. I was there. I was hollering. I was like, come on! Yeah! Oh, come on! And, I, man, I was into it. Everybody else stood up. I was with him. Ah! You know. I was there, man. I mean, I was, why? Because I had something invested. That was my grandson. I love him. I love him. I love him. I was there. Then he graduated last year. And this year, I didn't buy a season ticket. This year, I don't know how they did it. They played nine games in Indiana. Your 10th game is a playoff game. Everybody gets in the playoffs. So you get 10 games. They had six home games. I don't know how they did it. So I thought, man, great time to go. They got six home games. I showed up at exactly zero of them. I had no grandson playing anymore. I followed it. I'd look on, I'd, I'd, I'd look on the Internet and find out if they won or not because I cared about that. I didn't go to one game. Mark, I didn't go to one game, not one game. I didn't buy no T-shirt. I didn't buy no sweatshirt. I didn't buy nothing. I never spent a dime at their games this year. Not a dime. Never went to one. Had all those home games. I never went to one of them. Never went to homecoming. Never went to coming home or nothing. I just didn't go. You know why? I didn't have any investment there. And if I'd have got in free, I probably wouldn't have gone either. I just wasn't motivated to go. Nothing, Pastor, nothing motivated me to go anymore. I had no investment in it. One reason why we don't love God is because we haven't invested anything in Him. When you've given Him your life, when you've given Him everything you have, 
When you're willing to sacrifice everything you got for him, all at once he becomes important to you. You see, that's a problem. We don't invest and we don't love. See, you invest by spending time with him in this book. In this book right here. Spending time in this book. You want to spend time in this book, you'll start loving Jesus. You spend time in this book, you'll fall in love with God. You spend time in this book and your heart will get broken. You spend time in this book, you'll get excited. Spend time in this book, you'll get motivated. Spend time in this book, you'll realize the importance of God and his love for you and how much he really loves you and how much he really cares and and how much he wants you to succeed and what he wants to do with your life. And and when you spend time in this book, it'll change your life. I said it to the young men today in class. I'm going to say it to all of you. I've watched young people fall by the wayside. I've watched preachers go into sin, and they didn't go into sin overnight. There was a process that took place in their life, and one of the first things they did they were preaching the word, but not studying the word. And they, if they were, they studied it for a sermon, not to have their lives touched, not to have their lives changed. And when they got out of the book and got off their knees, they began a downward progression until they ended up doing some wicked, vile, dirty thing and shaming the name, their own name, their church's name, and Christ's name. It's because they quit spending time with God. This is the love letter he gave me right here. This is his love letter. And when I get on my knees, that's my communication with him. He speaks to me through this. I speak to him verbally through prayer. You know, I learned something several years ago. Jesus said, Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And Jesus and the king shall answer and say unto him, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. Ye have done it unto me. Do you know that I can't do anything? God, what could I do for God? You know, sometimes... As we get older and we have a lot more things, my kids will say, what can I buy dad for, for, for Christmas? And they'll say, dad, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm honest. I say, nothing. Y'all don't have to get me anything, really. Spend it on the kids or buy something for your mom. I, it doesn't bother me, really. I, I don't have to have anything. Of course, if they don't buy me something, I'll cry and weep and, 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 and run out of the room and, and won't, won't spend the rest of the day with them. But, but anyway, but to, to make a good show of it, I say that. No, seriously. I don't care. I really don't. Dad, do you need something? No. And then they'll say, Dad, you're hard to buy for. You've got everything. You act like you've got everything you need. And I say, really, I do. I'll say something like, buy me a tie or something like that. And they go, Dad, every year a tie, I have to buy me underwear and socks. And they'll go, Dad, every year underwear and socks. I said, I wear both of them out. I'm going to have to buy them if you don't buy them. You save me money. And they're like, Dad, that's not what I want to buy you. And I'll say, but that's good enough. But what can you do for God? You, you, I'll tell you what, I'll buy him a cattle. He owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. Well, I'll buy him some property. He owns the land on, that the cattle are on on those thousand cattle on a thousand hills. Well, I, I'll give him some gold. He owns all the gold in the world. By the way, he's got so much that heaven, the streets of gold is going to be uh, paid, uh, uh, the streets are going to be paved with gold. Well, well, I, I, you, you, you can't get him anything. I'll get him a beautiful pearl. Well, wait a minute. The New Jerusalem, 
the big old gates. Each one of them's going to be one pearl. Son, you can't match that. What can you get for God? I'll tell you what you can get for God. Do them at least with one of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. You know those bus kids that came in Sunday morning? Buy one of them a pair of shoes. And that's like buying Jesus a pair of shoes. Find you somebody out here that's hungry and feed him. That's doing it for Jesus. You want to do it for Jesus? Find you one of those bus kids and put a, put a, put a new suit on their back. One of the teenagers. Buy them a suit to wear to church. I'd be doing it for Jesus. And you know what you'll do? You'll fall in love with that bus kid. And in turn, you'll fall in love with God. Because you start investing in his work. Get serious about investing your time with God. Getting serious about serving God with your talents and your abilities. You know the people that care most about this church? The people who are invested in this church. The ones that come up here and singing in the choir or playing an instrument, teaching a Sunday school class, running a bus, putting their tithes and offerings in. All at once, this church means something to them. But if you're coming in riding the pews, we don't have pews, but riding the bench, so to speak, you're doing nothing, you're investing nothing, you could care less what happens to the church anyway. You just find you nothing and go ride the bench on it too. When you give to God sacrificially, you'll learn to love. For God so loved the world that he gave. So I said, how do we get more love? Number one, if you're not saved, get saved. Number two, get serious. Number three, go to the source. You want more love, go to the source. Hiya. I have in my house, and you do too, it's called a water faucet. And what I've learned to do is if I'm thirsty, I go and turn the water on. And I stick a glass in there, and the water comes out, and then I drink it. But if the water's out, I'm like, whoa, i got to find a new source because huh? I'm still thirsty. If I run out of food, I go to the grocery store because that's the source. I can find more food. So, if I want more electricity, I call the electric company and ask them, why am I out? See if I can get it back up. Don't you hate it when you lose your electricity? Oh, my soul. We're so stinking uh, uh, spoiled. That's the word I'll use. Man, our electricity goes out and we're like, we can't, I can't do anything. I can't take a shower. I can't even see. I can't see to do this. Can't see to roll my hair and put my makeup on. Oh, wait a minute, that's a woman. I can't see to do anything. Can't dry my hair. I can mine, though. That's the key. Electricity, no electricity. I can dry my hair just like that. <laughs> Both of them dry. You just step outside and let the wind hit them, and they're drying 15 seconds or less. They boom, like that, and they're dry. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Now, when I, when, I, when I first got saved, I had to worry about it when it was down about right here, and I actually had hair. Now I don't have much. I only have two. Brother Dave, you know what I'm talking about? I'm real close to being like you, all right? We're almost twins in that area, all right? And there's others back, further back, and I won't talk to all their names, but they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, don't look around, sir. Hey, if it hits you between the eyes, just accept it, all right? <laughs> look, man, are we, but you know what we do? Here, here about two years, three years ago, I'm out there, and, and I'm at the house, and I may have told this, I don't know, but my daughter and I, well, my oldest daughter's there, and we hear, kaboom! Electricity goes off. And we go out there, 
And some knothead, young man, teenage boy, was texting on his phone. And he came, the road's not that wide from my house anyway. It's a narrow road. And he came across the lane and hit the, uh, the telephone pole. Uh, it's actually the electric pole. Right next to my, I mean, right next to my driveway. I mean, right next to my driveway. And I said to him, uh, what, what happened? He goes, what do you think? And I said, you're on your phone. He said, yeah. I said, thank God that's not me because I'd hate to know I had to pay that bill. Insurance going to shoot him. You know, we were like electricity for a long, good while. People are calling, doing everything they could. They're trying to get that electricity back up. Get them out there to put another pole up and, or get that changed over. Why? Boy, we didn't have electricity. I got stuff in the freezer. You know what's going to happen with no electricity? It's going to ruin. I mean, I'm, I'm, I want that electricity back on. So I go to the source. God said, love the Lord thy God with all the heart, with all the soul, with all the mind. But yet we don't even go to the source. Here's the source. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is Fill in the blank. For God is. For God is. Okay, if God's love, where's the source? Where's the source? God is love. God is love. He says later on, God is love. Several times he mentions God is love. God is love. So where's my source? My source is Lord Jesus Christ. My source is God. If I need more love for my wife, I go to God. If I need more love for my children, I go to God. If I need more love for God, I go to God. If I need love for my enemy, I go to God. If I need love for my neighbor, I go to God. If I need love for more for the church members, I go to God. If I need love for the enemies, I go to God. If I need love for church members, I go to God. If I need love for my enemies, I go to God. They're the same. Okay, you, you, I was hoping you'd get that, but most of you didn't get it. All right? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm teasing. But the Bible does say love your enemies. He said, by this shall you know, they shall they know you're my disciples. By the what? Love you have one for another. Let me ask you a question. How, how much do you love the other members in this church? You had a beef with somebody? Jesus said, love them. Forgive them. Be you kind one to another, tender heart, forgive them one another. You know why you don't forgive them? Because you don't love them enough. If you love them, you'd forgive them. I've watched women that husband did some pretty nasty things to them. And you know what? They stuck with them. I wouldn't have stuck with them, but they stuck with them. You know why? Because they really loved them. They loved their husband. He was, a, he was not worth a nickel, but they loved him. She loved him anyway. And she stuck with him when she should have kicked him out. But she stuck with him. Why? Because she loved him. That's why. And when you love, love trumps everything else. Love trumps everything else. That love we have one for another. And Jesus said, look, love one another. By this shall all men know you, my disciples. By the love you have one for another. So God says, you go to the source and find that love. Now. If the commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, is the greatest commandment, then I have to ask myself some serious questions. And here they are. Number one, do I really love God in Jesus? Or is it just a facade I put on to impress everybody? Am I just going through the motions, or do I really love God? And I'm asking you tonight to ask yourself this. 
Do I really love God or am I just going through the motions? Is what I have really that I love God? I live with all my heart. I live with all my soul. I live with all my might. I live with all my strength. Or am I just going through the motions? If I don't love him enough, am I willing to get on my knees before God and beg him to forgive me for my lack of love? And then am I willing to not only ask him to forgive me, but ask him if he'll give me more love for him and more love for others? I've, I've heard several stories of our military men. And they'd come back, some of them, with an arm missing or with a leg lip missing, eyes missing. And they would say, Why did you do it? And they'd say, why did you go? Why did you serve? Many of them have made this statement. Because I love my country. I love America. I love America. Land of the free. I love America. You know, they loved America. And they were willing to go over and put their life and limbs on the line for it. And one man comes back. And he didn't come back with all of his uh, limbs, etc. He comes back in a box with a flag, a U.S. flag draped over it. They fly him in, and the military goes. They bring him out, put him on a cart. And the military men stand there and they walk beside him and say, take that body that died on the battlefield to protect us, to give us our liberties. And they asked him, sir, why are you men willing to do this and die for it? We love our country. It's worth fighting and dying for it. Why are men and women willing to die for our country? And we're not willing to live for our Savior. Why are men and women willing to die for their country? And we're not willing to live for our Savior. Someone says, God doesn't want a dead sacrifice. He wants a living sacrifice. He's not asking you to die for him. He's asking you to live for him. Ask yourself this question. Do I really love God? If I do, do I love him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my might. And if I don't, then what am I going to do about it? You know how to take away all the burdens and the problems and stuff? If you love me, keep my commandments. Pastor preaches something, you go, I, I'm not going to argue about that. I love Jesus. If that's what he wants me to do, I'll do it. I just, I love God. If this is what God wants, I'll do it. You don't have to browbeat me. You don't have to beat me half to death. I'm just going to do it. Why? Because I really love God. That love changes our behavior, doesn't it? It changes our attitude, doesn't it? It does. Do you 
really love God? Heads are bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Now here's the answer. If I don't really love God like I ought to, am I willing to confess it as sin and go to the source and beg God tonight and on a regular basis to give me more love? Am I willing? Or I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm, 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 I'm fine. Don't need anything. Are you willing to say, God's got to do something in my life. I want to love him more. Boy, God's convicted me. I want him to love, I want to love him more. Let's stand our feet. Father, bless the invitation. Boy, how you convicted me over this message. I find myself so often not loving you like I ought to. And I have to confess and say, I am sorry. I confessed today and said, Lord, I'm going to preach a message. And I don't know that I'm qualified yet because I don't love you like I ought to, but I want to. God, I'm coming to the source right now and asking, give me more love. Lord, bless the invitation, I pray, please. Help others to do what I did today. I'm asking you to forgive me and to give me more love. Bless the invitation. Heads still bowed and eyes still closed.